Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Okay, let's see here. We got uh, Sunday. It's uh, 5 April. I didn't change the date up there. I'm glad I remembered the date, but it's 5 April. It's time for the Prophecy Update of the Week, and it happens to be Palm Sunday today. So I thought when we're starting uh, the Prophecy Update, we'd go ahead and read just a little bit from the book of Matthew. Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? The answer is the king of the universe, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our first category, as always, is Israel. From the Times of Israel, health official says Israel may need to medically annex the West Bank. So now they've got a reason to annex the West Bank medically. A senior health official in the health ministry warned that Israel may have no choice but to medically annex areas of the West Bank under Palestinian control. Amid concerns, the true number of coronavirus there may be far more than officially reported. The unnamed official told Channel 12 News that as Israel and the West Bank were intertwined and one geographic unit, the two needing to join forces in dealing with the COVID-19 outbreak. The official also called the Palestinian Authority a black hole in terms of testing for the virus in areas it rules. This will also reach us, and we don't have the ability to accommodate their needs because we also have a problem. He also highlighted East Jerusalem as a potential weak point, noting the flow of people between there and the Palestinian Authority. What happens there will happen here, he said. According to the Palestinian Authority's latest figures, there have been 107 confirmed coronavirus cases and one death in the West Bank. This is obviously much higher. This is a few days ago. There have also been 10 cases in the Hamas-ruled Gaza Strip. Since the virus outbreak began, the Palestinian Authority has imposed a number of restrictions meant to curb its spread, and in coordination with Israel, has also put the West Bank under closure, which they've been under closure, self-inflicted closure for years anyway, barring the overwhelming majority of Palestinians from crossing into the country. So there you go with that. It's just one way that Israel can maybe take a little bit of uh, advantage of the situation. And then from Haaretz, with the world preoccupied with coronavirus, Israel pushes a West Bank land grab. 
there are lefties at Haaretz, and so they're calling it a land grab. But pushing annexation right now is playing with fire. It would likely force Israelis and Palestinians into a two-front war and armed conflict while fighting without coordination COVID-19. So the lefties over there are all looking at this as a giant conspiracy theory by the right. And so we'll just see where that goes. From the Times of Israel, around half of Israelis hospitalized with coronavirus are ultra-Orthodox. Ultra-Orthodox patients make up around half the coronavirus patients being treated in various major hospitals around the country. And they're a small percentage of the population, by the way. According to unofficial figures cited by the two leading Israeli news channels, ultra-Orthodox patients who come from a community that make up just 10% of the total population, ultra-Orthodox patients account for 60% of those hospitalized with the coronavirus at the ICU of Sheba Medical Center, the country's largest hospital located just outside of Tel Aviv, and 50% in the hospital's other units. At Schneider Medical Center in Peta Tikva, 50% of the coronavirus patients are ultra-Orthodox, as are 50 to 60% at Jerusalem Sha'are Zedek Medical Center. So this is all over. It's not just one isolated thing. And 40% at the capital's Hadassah Hospital in Karim. The reports came amid growing impatience from officials at the ultra-Orthodox community, some of whose members have appeared to flout government orders restricting pub public gatherings, movements, and activities imposed in an effort to curb the spread of the virus, which has so far infected up to about 4,000 Israelis. It's much higher now. That was at the beginning of the week as well. But you can see there's a disproportionate number of them, probably because of cleanliness standards more than anything else. Yes. Times of Israel. Cabinet declares B'nai Brak restricted zone. That is where the ultra-Orthodox are mostly at. And we'll do the same for other epicenters. The cabinet voted to declare B'nai Barak a restricted zone in a measure that will further hinder movement in and out of the predominantly ultra-Orthodox city that has become Israel's largest hotspot for the coronavirus. All right, from Christian News. Uh, there's been an article that came out this week that uh, the Pope is no longer putting on documents the Vicar of Christ. Okay, and some people say that's because he's humble and because he doesn't want to, you know, have some special title. But the fact is that his name is just as big as it always has been. So the focus is on him rather than the vicar of Christ. And so some people are saying, well, he's now usurping Christ by showing total authority over the Vatican Church. That may be what he's thinking. I don't know. But let me read you what it says in John 5:43. Let me take you there. And uh, we'll talk about this just for about two seconds because it's not worth wasting our time on. But uh, John 5.43 says, um, I have come in my Father's name and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, you will receive him. That is not speaking about the Pope. If you've read an article on that or somebody gave a goofy uh, uh, you know, analysis of that, that is not speaking of the Pope. That is the Antichrist. And the Pope is not going to be the Antichrist. He may be the false prophet, probably, more likely, almost certainly. And I'm not talking about just this Pope. I'm talking about any Pope in the future. But the Antichrist is not the Pope, okay? The Antichrist is a military or governmental leader who will come and take over the world affairs, okay? That's spoken about mostly in Daniel chapter 9. If you go to verse 27, you know that he is a Roman, okay? The people of the prince who is to come, well, the people of the prince who is to come were the Romans. They were under Titus, and they destroyed Jerusalem. It doesn't say the prince to come. It says the people of the prince to come, implying that the prince to come is coming much later, and he will be 
a Roman. Okay, that is coming, and it may be coming because the EU is starting to fall apart. Okay, and that is kind of prophesied as well in the Bible. We'll get to that some other time, but the EU may not hold together. If it doesn't, it's a perfect setup for what is coming as far as the end times and the Antichrist, but it is not the Pope who will be the Antichrist. Whatever is going on in that small mind of his, it is not that he is the Antichrist. And one of the things about the Antichrist, just so you know, you have to read 1 John chapter 2 to find the definition of Antichrist. And the definition of Antichrist is someone who denies the Father son relationship, meaning that Jesus is fully God, okay? The Pope doesn't do that. He's a Trinitarian. He may be a very poor theologian. You know, he adds in Mary and all these other crazy things, but he has acknowledged that Jesus is the Son of God. He cannot be the Antichrist, okay? That is the definition right in the Bible of what the Antichrist represents, a person that denies the father-son relationship. If you do not have the son, you do not have the father, and he says it two or three different ways, so there is no mistake. He is talking about somebody that denies the deity of Jesus Christ, okay? The father-son relationship, which he does not do. Which, yeah, by the way, that's what we're covering right now in the uh, daily commentaries that are right. I write one commentary per verse in the Bible. I've been doing it for years and years, and right now we are in 1 John chapter 2. So I'm glad you said that. If people want to read that, go to thesuperiorword.org, click on today, and it'll be whatever commentary I post for that day. So there you go. Uh, that will define that for you, and we'll go on. LifeSite News. Pope Francis blames coronavirus on nature having a fit over environmental damage. Yes, he is a real lefty. Pope Francis told a Spanish journalist that he believes that the coronavirus pandemic is nature having a fit in response to environmental pollution, stating that, curiously, the planet hasn't been very clean for a long time. It's never been clean since the fall. The interviewer asked, is it possible that this is nature's hour of reckoning with us? Pope Francis answered, there's a saying that you surely know, God always forgives, which isn't true. We forgive sometimes, but nature never forgives. Fires, earthquakes, that is, nature is having a fit so that we will take care of nature. This is a typical global warming, lefty type of person that is in the papacy right now. The expression having a fit is a translation of the Spanish word used by Francis patalier, I guess is how you pronounce that, which means to kick or stomp one's feet and is often used to refer to outbursts of rage or frustration, sometimes by children having a tantrum. So he's saying that the world is having a tantrum, and he's sending the virus, which the world doesn't do anything. The world is a part of creation. It is non-sentient, and his theology is extremely, extremely poor. All right, from ODU News. This is Africa. COVID-19 Prophecy. My friend Sergio in Israel sent me a prophecy that this guy over in Africa made, which a lot of people follow him here in America as well. Um, and he made a prophecy that COVID-19 would be gone by March 27th. Well, it's not. So what does he do as a typical false prophet? You all misunderstood me, says Prophet T.B. Joshua. Prophet T.B. Joshua has spoken out following the backlash he received for saying the coronavirus pandemic would end on March 27, 2020. Nigeria's COVID-19 case currently stands at 111, and citizens have slammed the cleric, who they now regard as a fake prophet. Responding to the critics, T.B. Joshua has reportedly fine-tuned his prophecy. Speaking recently, when he gave the prophecy, what he meant was that the virus would vanish 
spiritually on March 27th of 2020. This is what the Seventh-day Adventists have done. This is what the uh, Millerites did. This is what the Jehovah's Witnesses have done. Anytime some prophecy that they come up with fails, they say, well, it's spiritually fulfilled. Christ is now, for example, reigning in heaven. He's not literally reigning on earth. And they make stuff up, They and this is what he's doing. Speaking recently, when he gave the prophecy, what he meant was that the virus would vanish spiritually on March 27, 2020. I meant coronavirus would vanish spiritually the same way it came. As I speak, the virus is no more in the spirit realm. I didn't specify, so why would people conclude I meant physically? Men of today lack understanding. Instead of taking the time to understand the context in which something was said, they're always quick to judge. Well, they should. Earlier, T.B. Joshua had said to his congregation, this month, March 27th, it will be over. That's pretty clear. By the end of this month, no matter the medicine they produce to cure whatever, it will go the way it came. Medicine is used for something physical, not spiritual. Even if it is not medicine that brought this to the world, medicine cannot take it out. It will go the way it came. So there you have a false prophet. If he meant okay. it, why didn't he say it? If he meant it, why didn't he say it? That's exactly right. I will say what I say all the time. There is no further prophecy. We don't need further prophecy. Anything added to this word means that this word is insufficient for our life and practice. You stick to this word and you will be fine. You start listening to people that claim prophecies and visions of God and speaking to God and having uh, coffee with angels and all that kind of stuff. Don't listen to those people, okay? Do not listen to them because your theology and your life will suffer because of that. And especially when people like this do that and they're making literally millions of dollars, even in Africa. I think five of the highest paid preachers in the whole world, the top five are in Africa. So, which you would never say, yeah, I mean, tens of millions of dollars they have, hundreds of millions. So you would think it would be this guy out in uh, Louisiana, you know, that's got $89 million in the, the bank. It's not. These guys in Africa, they just, the people don't know. They don't have their own word. They don't have any access to the word. And so they just believe what they're told. Very sad stuff just the news. And I could be wrong about the numbers, but a large number of them are in Africa. We'll just leave it at that. Just the news says. Everybody know who Roger Stone is? Roger Stone's in prison, isn't he? Believe it or not, Roger Stone finds Jesus. If you've ever visited one of the many Ripley's Believe It or Not museums, you'll find a place teeming with a plethora of bizarre or strange items, all purportedly true. The latest entry for a new exhibit could easily be this, Roger Stone's journey to Jesus. Yes, that Roger Stone. The one facing jail time after being convicted of lying to Congress, witness tampering, and charges of obstruction in connection with the now-debunked claims that the Trump campaign coordinated with Russia in the 2016 election. It doesn't matter how grievous your sins may be, this is him speaking, they can be washed away if you will simply accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Praise God. Stone told Just the News in a podcast interview on the pod's honest truth with David Brody. This is the greatest decision that I've ever made, and I am at peace with it. Sounds just like, uh, what's his name, William, the guy that was in prison during the uh, uh, Watergate scandal. You had a couple Chuck of them. Olson. Uh, Chuck Olson, thank you. That's who I meant, Chuck Olson. I'm not here to debate their level of theology or, you know, how Christian they are. That's not it. They came to Christ in prison, and we'll hope that when he comes out, he will become something really great for Christ. We'll see, but that is wonderful. From Christian Times, news anchor asked T.D. Jakes to pray to God live on air for help with coronavirus pandemic. Now, it's MSNBC, and they had him pray. 
The next one, MyPillow's Mike Lindell mocked for comments at White House on faith amid COVID-19. If you're a prosperity preacher and T.D. Jakes may be a great guy, I don't know anything about him other than his theology and his theology is lacking, okay? And there's a difference in the skin color and there's probably also a difference in the uh, political party. That's my guess. But if you belong to a particular political party, then you are acceptable to pray on national TV. If you stand up there, as another part of a part of another party, and you simply say, we need to get back to the word, we need to read the word of God, you're mocked for it. So there's a double standard going on in this this nation, which should not exist. And I'm not saying anything about black and white, because many great black pastors have been up there with our president, and not one of them has ever been asked to pray on TV that I know of. Okay, they're conservative black pastors. This is not a black-white issue. This is a liberal a conservative issue, and that's what's going on. So I just thought I'd highlight those. Islam today. Zero Hedge. Migrants riot at German refugee camp display ISIS flags over COVID-19 quarantine. Now, this was two weeks ago, but I included it for a reason. Okay, migrants housed at a refugee camp in Germany began rioting, displayed the ISIS flag, and subsequently tried to escape after they were put under a coronavirus quarantine. After a migrant tested positive for coronavirus at the facility and a quarantine was ordered for the other 533 residents and the camp was sealed off. But the measure, which in times of corona seems not at all unusual, apparently drove the asylum seekers to fury. Some of them started rioting and prevented inmates from entering the dining hall in order to force a hunger strike. They are said to have tried to leave the facility through the sewers to get to the nearby town. If the Wuhan virus leads to major social unrest in Germany, the country's multitudinous refugees are likely to play a major role. As we highlighted, migrants in Naples, Italy, are completely ignoring the quarantine order to stay indoors and are roaming around the streets. So that's Germany. You've got also, um, what did I just say, Naples, Italy. They're roaming around. Nobody's trying to contain them, even though they're trying to contain everybody else. Next article, Breitbart. Paris no-go zone, police overwhelmed, attempting to enforce quarantine. Police in Paris no-go zones are becoming overwhelmed, trying to maintain the nationwide quarantine, and have handed out record number of fines. Many of the residents do not even believe the virus is a threat to them at all. They do not understand anything. Some even say that this virus is a fable of whites to force them to desert the street. Police say that enforcing the law in the area is impossible and that if they try to impose the 135 euro fines, they would not be able to contain the potential backlash and that the risk of a crowd forming would only increase the chances of spreading the coronavirus. Next article, Zero Edge. French official says quarantine should not be enforced in migrant areas to avoid riots. So you've got this all over Europe. They've got themselves into this box and now they are facing the consequences of it. Top government official in France has admitted that draconian lockdown measures being imposed on the rest of the population shouldn't be implemented in the country's migrant-heavy ghettos in order to prevent riots. In a leaked letter to magazine Le Canard à Chain, I guess is how you say it, French Secretary of State to the Ministry of the Interior, Laurent Nunez, advises it is not a priority to enforce closings in certain neighborhoods and to stop gatherings. Well, if it's not a priority there, it should not be a priority anywhere because you have two standards within a society. You've got complete breakdown in the law because of this. All right. In a separate video call, 
Nunez told other officials that restricting movement and shutting down shops in France's infamous Banyoulouse, I guess is how you say that word, risks igniting violent social disorder if enforced too rigorously. This undermining of the laws that Macron declared as essential, this clear disregard for the population as a whole, comes at a time when police, ambulance, and firefighters face record levels of hostility when they venture into the suburbs where gangs set cars on fire, then attack them when they arrive to help. Whenever police attempt to enforce quarantine measures, or indeed any other act of law enforcement in migrant-heavy areas, they are immediately surrounded and intimidated by gangs of migrants. It is not uncommon for fire trucks and ambulances to be attacked in these sensitive areas. So there you go with that. There is no law. There is no order at all. Zero. They they impose this on their own citizens and they're unwilling to do it to anybody else means that there is total chaos. If you can't control the population in that sense, then you can't control them at all. From JCPA, if the Palestinian Authority lacks funds to combat the coronavirus, it should stop paying salaries to terrorists. Absolutely. From Archiva. Iran says it designed new generation of centrifuges. So we got this coming in the week ahead. The Atomic Energy Organization of Iran has designed and produced a new generation of centrifuges at the Natanz nuclear enrichment plant in central Iran. Iranian experts have been working hard to produce the new generation of centrifuges in line with the country's need of nuclear technology for civilian use. An unnamed source at the AEOI was quoted as saying, these machines mark a breakthrough in advancing Iran's peaceful nuclear energy program, the source said. The new generation of centrifuges will likely be unveiled on April 8th, which is three days away, which is Iran's National Nuclear Technology Day. Woohoo! There you go with that. Sticking in the face of the world once again, during a crisis, by the way, Mongolia today. From Relief Web. Mongolia, World Bank mobilizes $2.2 million to strengthen medical diagnostic services in response to COVID-19. So they got money from us last week. The World Bank is handing them more. World Bank mobilized $2.2 million to help strengthen Mongolia's hospital services in the wake of COVID-19 pandemic, which they had, I think, last week, four cases and none since. The funding will be used to purchase the most needed medical diagnostic equipment in the country. This immediate financing is being provided under the ongoing e-health project, which seeks to improve integration and utilization of health information and e-health solutions for better health service delivery in selected pilot sites. This immediate financing will help Mongolia safeguard its people from the potential COVID-19 outbreak in the country and make sure that they have access to early diagnosis and care. I've said this before. I love Mongolia. I love reporting on it. But this is the largest wealth distribution plan in the world, which is being enacted and done right now. The largest wealth redistribution plan ever in the history of the world is what's going on. Daniel 12 technology, biohack info. I had a good article on China, maybe taking over the internet. That'll have to wait. This one came out and it's kind of interesting. Bill Gates will use microchip implants to fight coronavirus. This has been around a bit, but if you haven't heard it, it's very interesting. In a Reddit Q&A, billionaire philanthropist Bill Gates revealed his plan to use digital certificates to identify those who have been tested for COVID-19. 
before I go on, I'll say that there's an article that he did on TED, which may be the same thing. This is Reddit, but it may be under the auspices of TED. Anyway, uh, he said something which has now been taken off of that video. They've republished it because it was obviously something that is, as they say, uh, planned. And this is what is going on right now is something that they have been planning. And by leaving that out there, it was pretty obvious. But some people have copies of this and they are putting that out there for you to see that Bill Gates has been planning things. Okay, Microsoft co-founder Bill Gates will launch human implantable capsules that have digital certificates, which can show who has been tested for the coronavirus and who has been vaccinated against it. The 64-year-old tech mogul revealed this during a Reddit Ask Me Anything session while answering questions on the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. Eventually, we will have some digital certificates to show who has recovered or been tested recently or when we have a vaccine and who has received it. The digital certificates Gates was referring to are human implantable quantum dot tattoos that researchers at MIT and Rice University are working on as a way to hold vaccination records. When you get vaccined, it puts a record on you and anybody can scan it. And so they know what you have and if you can travel. Sounds like this is coming for a one world government. No travel without you. See what I'm saying? This will be a good way of doing that. Okay, it doesn't explain the right hand or forehead yet, but it does explain how you can have people not moving. So anyway, we'll go on. The quantum dot tattoos involve applying dissolvable sugar-based microneedles that contain a vaccine and fluorescent copper-based quantum dots embedded inside biocompatible micron scale capsules. After the microneedles dissolve under the skin, they leave the encapsulated quantum dots whose patterns can be read to identify the vaccine that was administered. The quantum dot tattoos will likely be supplemented with Bill Gates' other undertaking called ID2020, which is an ambitious project by Microsoft to solve the problem of over 1 billion people who live without any officially recognized identity. Now, that sounds like a good thing. We want to recognize people. The idea is to mark every person on the planet. This isn't to take care of people. This is to control people. And this is the beginning of it. ID2020 is solving this through digital identity. Currently, the most feasible way of implementing digital identity is either through smartphones or RFID microchip implants. The latter will be Gates's likely approach, not only because of feasibility and sustainability, but also because for over six years, the Gates Foundation has been funding another project that incorporates human implantable microchip implants. That would explain the right hand or the forehead, okay? That would explain it right there. This uh, project was also spearheaded by MIT, is a birth control microchip implant that will allow women to control contraceptive hormones in their bodies. The project is supported by the UN, of course, and has been incorporated into the UN Sustainable Development Goals Initiative. It will be interesting to see how Bill Gates and ID2020 will execute all this because many Christians, and surprisingly, a growing number of Shia Muslims, are very opposed to the idea of microchipping and any form of body-invasive identification technology. Some Christian legislatures and politicians in the United States have even tried to ban all forms of human microchipping. But on the other hand, this is Bill Gates' perfect opportunity to see the projects through because as the coronavirus continues to spread and more people continue to die from the pandemic, the public at large is becoming more open to problem-solving technologies that will contain the spread of the virus. Get them into a state of fear and then give them 
the answer to your state of fear. How can we control every person so that this won't ever harm you again? There it is, folks. Revelation plagues today. Project Veritas did a video this week. I don't know if you saw it, but they went driving around in, they drove into quarantine zones with the people wearing their suits and they'll test you here and everything. And the answer was the people he was asking, can you tell me what's going on here? And uh, how is it? And he says, it's just the flu. He says, we haven't had any really serious cases at all. And you know, the ones that are serious, they get taken care of. And he says, this is not that bad. And then he realized that the guy was filming. He said, you need to turn off any cameras and stuff. So he did, but he had another one going over here that you couldn't see. So anyway, um, uh, Project Veritas says, or the video says that it's not that bad. Once again, we're being duped. From Fox today, hundreds dead in Iran after consuming methanol, thinking it was coronavirus protection. Don't drink methanol, okay? More than 300 people have died and a further 1,000 have fallen ill in Iran after consuming methanol in the belief that it will protect them against coronavirus. Fake remedies have spread across Iranian social media with methanol simply the latest supposed cure. As an Islamic nation, the consumption of alcohol is banned, but bootleggers have distributed industrial alcohol. So there you have the cure is worse than the disease. All right, from NEJM, the New England Journal of Medicine. However, Take this however you want, okay? I'm just reading what the New England Journal of Medicine said on 28 February of 2020, which is just a little more than a month ago. It's entitled COVID-19 Navigating the Uncharted partially authored by Anthony Fauci, the guy that's up with the president every day. If one assumes that the number of asymptomatic or minimally symptomatic cases is several times as high as the number of reported cases, the case fatality rate may be considerably less than 1%. This suggests that the overall clinical consequences of COVID-19 may ultimately be more akin to those of a seasonal severe influenza, which has been a case fatality rate of approximately 0.1% or a pandemic influenza similar to those in 1957 and 1968, rather than a disease similar to SARS or MERS, which have had case fatality rates of 9 to 10% and 36% respectively. So there you go. It's the flu. Okay. That was 28 February do what you want with it. If the numbers reflected that it was much worse by now, I would say, well, he made a mistake in that, but the numbers have not reflected it, as we will see a little bit later. New York Post. South African soldiers fire rubber bullets to enforce social distancing, and they did it really close up. I mean, he's standing right next to these people and he just blasts them with rubber bullets. So there you go with that. I call this uh, particular prophecy update unsocial distancing, and there's a reason why. Al Jazeera. Kenya police under fire over excessive force as curfew begins. Police fire tear gas and beat commuters with batons as country imposes dust to dawn measure amid coronavirus fight. From CBS, egg prices triple in three weeks amid coronavirus panic shopping, unsocial distancing. Epic Times, Michigan declares state of disaster as virus deaths reached 337 1,871 flu deaths in 2018 in the same state. How do I know? Because I checked. So they have 337 deaths. It's a disaster area. We need federal funds or whatever they're doing this for with 1,871 deaths in the 2018 flu season. Okay, Epic Times, virus droplets. Here it is. We're all six feet apart in this church today. We're under our recommended number by far. Okay, but... 
virus droplets could travel 27 feet. Social distancing rules outdated, says an MIT professor. They're pretty soon going to have you so scared you won't go out your doors, which is what they want. Yep. Yep. Okay. I told you we'd have some numbers for you. I've done this every week, last year with just the flu, this year with the flu, and now with coronavirus, just so you can see what's going on in the world. World, 1,173,452 cases. Okay, this is as of yesterday at 1 o'clock. 62,847 dead, 243,209 recovered. USA, 300,106 cases, 8,141 dead, 12,572 recovered. Sarasota has 127 cases. That's all yesterday. That's the coronavirus. The flu, world dead. 125,894. That's double the amount of coronavirus cases. USA only, 39 to 55 million cases of the flu. That's a lot more than 300,000 cases. 18 to 26 million medical visits, which they don't record with coronavirus, so we'll skip that. And there's 400,000 to 730,000 hospitalizations. I would put them under the severe cases, and so, you know, you can figure that out there. Then you finally have 24 to 63,000 dead. They don't know the number, but it's minimum 24,000, possibly as many as 63,000 dead from the flu. We've never had a crisis called because of it. And with coronavirus in the United States, there are 8,100 dead. So I'd say the numbers don't really match up yet. I'm not saying it's not serious in any way, shape, or form. I'm not trying to diminish the disease. If you're old, stay home. If you are susceptible to other things, stay home. Don't go out, et cetera, et cetera. Just like you would with the flu. Wash your hands a lot. The exact same thing that you would do with the flu. But the numbers, and that's all I care about, the numbers do not reflect $4 trillion worth of wealth redistribution and another plan being put forth by the left already. So there you go. Morality today. Zero hedge. Six states declare marijuana dispensaries essential businesses. And they're the same states that were the first to call the coronavirus a emergency and they lock down their states. There's overlap. It's not the exact same six, but there's overlap. Okay. Exempting marijuana dispensaries from the lockdown. It's official recognition for how important marijuana has become for some. Many in states like California, Oregon, and Michigan have rushed to stock up on cannabis along with their other regularly used household goods. Even Massachusetts has exempted dispensaries from its statewide shutdown. What did you have something to say? Oh, oh, Yaman, that's it, Yaman. The Federalist says Knox County, Tennessee saw nine deaths by suicide. This is one week ago within 48 hours. As doomsday predictions over the novel Wuhan coronavirus panics an already anxious public and leaves millions unemployed and isolated. This is only going to get worse if this continues on. From CBS Local, North Texas Hospital reports spike in severe child abuse cases believe linked to stress from coronavirus pandemic. Doctors at Cook Children's Hospital say they believe the stresses from the coronavirus pandemic are linked to six cases of severe child abuse seen at the hospital just this week. Cook's Children said that it typically sees that many cases over the course of a whole month. All of the children admitted this week were under four years of old. 
Let's destroy our society and destroy our children by doing something that really is not necessary. I'll give some more information on why it's not very soon. From Art Shiva, domestic violence epidemic in the wake of COVID-19 reports of a dramatic increase of domestic violence following lockdowns in numerous countries worldwide. From Zero Hedge, Greenland bans alcohol sales to reduce child abuse as coronavirus hits. New York Daily, Brooklyn woman, 86, dies after she's knocked to the ground by a stranger for violating coronavirus social distancing rules. She was an old lady, 86 years old, walked up and somebody didn't like it and she punched her in the head. She killed her. Okay. And guess what they did? They only charged her with manslaughter. They're probably not even going to put her in prison because they don't want to put prisoners in prison in New York. Instead, they're letting them all out. So this is how you get away with murder in New York is just go kill somebody that got too close during your unsocial distancing. From the Politico, New Yorkers who break social distancing rules will now face up to $500 fines. So you can get $500 fine for standing too close to somebody, but if you're in prison for a real serious crime, they will let you out. As we saw last week, it was Rikers Island. The worst of the worst are being let out. From our other category, Salon, Mississippi's GOP governor, halts abortions over coronavirus but bans cities from closing gun stores. Some sense there. Good job. From the Free Beacon, gun rights groups sue North Carolina, Los Angeles sheriffs over coronavirus shutdowns. A collection of Second Amendment activists filed a pair of federal lawsuits targeting sheriffs in California and North Carolina over mandatory coronavirus-related shutdowns of gun stores and permit purchase systems, respectively. The outcome of the cases will shape how local officials can restrict Americans' access to constitutionally protected gun rights during the emergency response to the novel coronavirus. Gun stores and manufacturers are facing potential shutdowns in a dozen states, even as Americans flood stores during the crisis. Gun store and permitting process shutdowns have thwarted buyers in parts of the country, leading gun rights groups to take legal action. So they'll allow marijuana dispensaries, but you can't buy a gun. So here we go. Free beacon. Feds add gun companies to essential business list amid coronavirus outbreak. Good job. President Trump, the DHHS added gun dealers, ranges, and manufacturers to its essential business coronavirus response guide to override these liberal states. The updated guidance from DHS's Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency now considers workers supporting the operation of firearm or ammunition product manufacturers, retailers, importers, distributors, and shooting ranges to be essential. Those industry workers are listed under the designation for law enforcement, public safety, and other first responders. This is a wonderful thing they've done. The change comes after some state and local officials have shut down gun stores and manufacturing plants around the country. The federal guidelines could influence how state and local officials implement lockdown orders moving forward. Demand for firearms has skyrocketed in response to the uncertainty surrounding the global pandemic, even as showdowns in some states have closed the only legal avenue for purchases. Thank goodness we have a reasonable president with a good administration that can get these things out. Now, this is one thing that Bill Gates didn't think of, okay? He's got the rest of the world in his hand, but the United States of America, as I've said many times, is the 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 just independent citizen of the United States of America is the largest standing army on this planet. By far, not even, not even close. 
We have in the U.S. military and merchant marines about 1.1 million people. Out of those people, a very small percentage ever carry a gun, a very small percentage. During wartime, they will be issued guns and they'll go fight the war. But during times like this, there are very few people that carry guns. We have 300 million guns in America, I believe is the latest figure. It may be more now, but we have the largest standing army in the world. The Chinese army is teeny compared to our citizen in the United States of America. And because of this virus, we're buying more guns. So you are protected and they are not going to come against the citizens of the United States with a military force as so many goofy websites are putting out there. It's not going to happen. Okay. Zero hedge. UK police force creates tool that lets people snitch on others for not social distancing. Humberside police have created an online portal that allows people to alert them to violations of lockdown measures introduced by the government to fight the coronavirus. Okay, I have seen these pop up all over. They've got the mayor in Tampa having people snitch on each other now. It is everywhere. I just reported on one from the UK. From the Financial Post, the world's on the brink of running out of places to put oil. I think you've probably heard about this. If you haven't, it's worth listening to. The world will run out of places to store oil in as little as three months. According to an industry consultant, IHS Marquette said that current rates of supply and demand mean inventories will increase by 1.8 billion barrels over the first half of 2020, with only an estimated 1.6 billion barrels of storage capacity still available. Producers will be forced to cut output because by June there'll be no place left to put the unwanted crude, it said. The oil market has been hammered by falling demand as a result of the coronavirus outbreak and as Saudi Arabia vows to flood the market with crude at deep discounts following the collapse of the coalition of OPEC and allies, including Russia. Pakistan banned imports of crude and fuels because its storage sites are full. VTOL Group and Gunvor Group, two of the world's top merchants, say there's heavy interest in storing while several traders have booked super tankers to hoard barrels at sea. Okay, they are trying. The world is trying to destroy the American shale oil industry. That is the attempt by Saudi Arabia and Russia at this point. So they've been having this war. If they can do that, then we're back into buying oil again, which is what they want because we've become energy independent for the first time in 70 years under President Trump. They don't want that, okay? And so this is the attempt during this crisis is to do that. They are saying that pretty soon oil, people that hold oil are going to have to start paying people to take their oil because they don't have any place to store it. And so people will be getting oil for free with money to help them store it in their own facility somewhere if they can find them. You're going to be able to say, okay, I want a barrel of oil in my backyard. Give me the barrel and give me $10 and I'll take it. That's what they're getting to right now. Okay, LifeSite News. United Nations wants 10% of the entire planet's annual income in fund for coronavirus response. The UN Secretary General Guterres has announced the creation of a fund for addressing the global coronavirus pandemic. And he is simultaneously asking nations to contribute the equivalent of at least 10% of the annual income of the entire planet to a massive human-centered, innovative, and coordinated stimulus package that would be administered at the international level. Of course, international level is where we want this type of thing. If countries were to accept the plan, the United Nations or some similar coordinating agency would be given the equivalent of approximately $8.7 trillion, US dollars, an unprecedented amount that would be 
2,900 times greater than the UN's annual budget of 3 billion US dollars, which they have completely peddled away year after year after year. And now they want 2,900 times as much. Yes. I just think it sounds very reasonable and loving. It sounds reasonable and loving. There you go. From CBS, bodies pile up on streets in Ecuador. Have you seen this? Here it goes. Bodies pile up on streets in Ecuador as coronavirus spreads. I checked it out. Okay. That's, they, they put this out, CBS, and it's all over the news. Okay. And I thought, I'm going to check this out and we'll see if it's true. There are 16.62 million people in Ecuador. Okay. This is right from the World Statistics website with a 5.1 to 1,000 death rate. Average daily rate is 232 in the whole country. Okay. Since the coronavirus started, there have only been 120 coronavirus deaths in the entire country. Over a whole month, they've had 120 coronavirus deaths as of the day of that article. They have every day in the country, 232 die. So you are being lied to and you're being told this so that you will be scared and you'll say, oh my gosh, bodies are piling up. So what do they do? They take a picture of uh, uh, the, the way they transport bodies in Ecuador is they shove them on the back of a uh, uh, pickup truck, right? They're in coffins, but that's how they, they don't have nice hearses like we do, in other words. And somebody takes a picture of them, so see, there's bodies piling up everywhere. It's untrue, okay? There was another picture of a guy that died of coronavirus. He had tread marks going over his face, and he was in the middle of the road like this, and they said that coronavirus is now causing tread marks on their head. I'm kidding, of course. It's just insane. Don't believe anything that you hear in the news without checking the stats, okay? I check the stats for you. That is the, the truth of what's going on in Ecuador. There's nothing going on in Ecuador, but they want you to believe that this is so bad that we have to continue to clamp down here in the United States of America. From the Independent, Duarte orders Philippine police to shoot dead virus lockdown violators. Shoot them dead. And he did this with the drug people. You remember that? He shot any drug dealer that was caught. They were not tried. They were executed in the street. He hired pretty young Filipino girls to execute people because nobody would expect them. They'd walk down the road and they'd get video camera of them walk up to the guy and shoot him in the head. That's justice in the Philippines. And that's what he said he's going to do with coronavirus people. Shoot him. Okay. Unsocial distancing. From Zero Hedge, San Francisco bans reusable bags to counter virus contagion threats. So just like New Hampshire, I think it was a week ago, or Vermont or New Jersey, all these states are saying, well, don't use your reusable bags anymore because they're actually more harmful than doing good. So there you go. Greta flips out and blows her head off. Okay, I told you I was going to say one more thing about the uh, virus to show you that what you're being told is not true. I did not bring the numbers today, but Sweden and Israel were the test case for last week. Sweden and Israel. Sweden has no restrictions. They say they'd like you to limit 500 or less, but they don't enforce it. You can go to the pub. Anybody can be close to anybody. There's no restrictions that's enforced, okay? Israel and Sweden. Last week, now Sweden is a little bigger than Israel. They have a few more deaths than Israel does, but Israel's numbers have gone up and almost at the exact same rate, almost a little less, but almost at the exact same rate is Sweden, okay? We are being told a lie. These people are out, they're talking, they're getting along in the streets. They're not, you know, uh, uh, isolating themselves unless they're old or they've got a propensity for dying from something like this and then they stay home. But the numbers have not changed between Israel, one of the most locked up nations in the planet, and Sweden. I'm sorry I don't have the numbers because I did write them down, but I must have deleted it or written them down on the wrong thing. But you can check the numbers or email me and I can send you the numbers. Whatever. I got a lesser care for you. It is true 
Roger Stone went to jail and that some say he's destined for hail. It's not merely a crock. Stone's in love with the rock because he's supped from the bread and his grail. Very good. I love that. Okay. Got uh, three ironies for you. You know, the coronavirus, I could do 20 of them. I mean, I've never seen so many ironies. Some weeks I have to really struggle to find something. I got three for you. They're from last week, but I wanted to give them to you just so you know how the state of the world is. Moscow orders all over 65s to stay at home and then adds the rules do not apply to Vladimir Putin, who is 67. So there you go. A little irony there. Mail online, Italian man. 101 years old, who was born during the Spanish flu pandemic, which killed 50 million people, is released from hospital after recovering from coronavirus. He was born in the year of the great, you know, uh, Spanish flu pandemic, and now he's made it through this one. Unbelievable. Yahoo. Coronavirus. Mexicans demand crackdown on Americans crossing the border. If that is not irony, I don't know what it is, but it shows you why our president has been doing the right thing all along by building this wall. So such is the world we live in. Oh, before we go, I got a new dog yesterday from the projects. Yes, I am now at nine dogs, nine chihuahuas. Actually, this one is a wiener dog, but I have a half wiener, half chihuahua. So now he's like got somebody he can associate with. Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is the superior word, and that is your prophecy update for the week.